0: Good afternoon. Welcome to The Lead, everyone. I'm Jake Tapper. We begin with breaking news in our politics lead. The porn star continuing to plague the presidency, Stormy Daniels, also known as Stephanie Clifford, going after President Trump... hell could be. dad daddy Sa- sarah what's wrong sweetheart dad i don't feel i don't feel so good sweet sweetie where are you what's happening i'm at the hilton the white house
1: correspondence dinner and um sarah what's going on are you there
0: Satan, I'm so glad I skipped that on that boring fucking dinner. I'm glad you did too. Now come over here and let me get up in that shit. Oh, Satan, you're such a cad. Shut the fuck up and take this big... <coughs> oh, honey, what's wrong? Are you Are you okay? Honey! Kellyanne? Kellyanne! Honey, where are you going? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I, I gotta get out of here. They are definitely going to try to pin this one on me. Are you seeing this? What the hell is going on? She did it. Don't you see? She she got them. She got them all. What the hell are you talking about? Michelle Wolf. She like infinity gauntleted all of Washington. The administration, Congress, the Times, the Post, CNN, both of the parties. She just snapped her fingers like that and they're dead. They're, They're all dead. We only survive because we're podcasters and we don't matter.
2: That's impossible. They can't all be dead.
0: They are. Look. Look at CNN. MSNBC. Check it out. Fox News. Look. That kill me. Yeah, they're off the air, too. They've just been playing that on repeat all day. And refresh Twitter. Look, no one has done an update for almost an hour. But how? How can this have happened? Don't you see? She's restored balance. She's a
2: mad woman.
0: Is she, Dave? Or is she the sanest person in the whole universe? I guess we'll find out.
1: And finally tonight... Today marks five years since the 2018 White House Correspondents' Dinner, The comedian Michelle Wolf's blistering 18-minute roast instantly dissolved every member of the pundit class, elite mainstream media reporters covering Washington, every member of the administration, both houses of Congress, all congressional staffers, and most of the Kennedy, Bush, Clinton, and Trump families. In all, nearly 5,000 lives were lost that night their bodies turning to cold ashen outlines and floating away on a gossamer breeze. And while the country mourns that day, we also must reckon with the near utopia that has arisen since. With every member of the presidential line of succession reduced to dust, and every legislator gone as well, the nation chose a new, decentralized method of governing itself, free from toxic influences that had for decades chipped away at our quality of life. Today, as most Americans wonder how our country was ever governed by a centralized leader who acted as both head of state and chief executive, we all enjoy the fruits of this new day. Non-existent poverty, full employment, safe streets, better health and education outcomes, greater existential fulfillment, fewer foreign entanglements. It's hard to remember that just five short years ago we were polarized, a nation divided, oppressed by the yoke of a tyrannical corporatocracy in the guise of democratically elected leadership. And on this day, now known as Wolf's Purge Day, we give thanks to Michelle, who has never been seen since, and who we assume is sitting on a throne on her home planet or in Brooklyn, satisfied that her sacrifice a moment of severe brutality has spared our planet. Thank you, Michelle Wolfe. You are our Savior. God bless you, wherever you are. <laughs> ¶¶
0: I did the, yesterday or whenever like, you sent it. Do you think it? people yeah. will get it? Like, I don't know. Like, that, I, like, does it make sense? Or is it just too Well, con-
2: considering, considering $250 million worth of Americans saw uh, uh, Avengers already. The ready, of
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So then we fade on in, bitch. I'm Q. And I'm Jewish Dave. And this is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. That's right. What do you think about um, the new benchmark for movies? We were talking about just now how whether or not anybody's going to get that skit that we just did. And um, you made the point like $250 million worth of people have gone and seen it. Like, it's yeah. the, is the new benchmark for successful movies like how many times a person will go see it? Like, I mean, it can't just be that, oh, everybody goes to see the movie. Now it has to be like, everybody goes to see the movie and and 20% of people see it two times or something.
2: Well, yeah, me and Chad talk about this quite a bit. Um, a, A movie now, unless it is the new number one, biggest movie of all time is a flop. It has to be bigger every single time. So yeah, I think that is the new metric is like just how much money can they squeeze out of the public? Because if it's not every last bit, it's it's not successful i mean i don't know if this this is such a huge hit avengers infinity war but if it hadn't opened as big as star wars the last jedi i don't know that the headlines would be so kind to it um because critically it's like i loved it but uh you know we'll be talking about it on piecing it together i loved it, yeah, check but, it out. i'm on I'm um, one
0: of a guest of like a cast of thousands on this week's Piecing it yeah
2: together. you're one of the one of the piecing it together avengers, but uh probably the most. Yeah.
0: um not probably like the 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 captain marvel of <laughs> of piecing it together avengers because like you haven't seen me yet, but I have great tits yeah and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, aye.
2: but so coming out of that
0: great tits joke, let me um, promo uh-huh. the all points the next All Points West podcast. Entre those. Uh, I want. I want to talk a little you're gonna, bit. You're gonna get yelled. you gonna, so <laughs> gonna get yelled at so much. Get yelled at so much. Entre those is uh, the next offering. Uh, right now, of course, uh, all of you, all of you great listeners, listen to this show, uh, Bird Road, on whatever it is you listen to us on anywhere that you can get podcasts you probably do the same thing with uh, uh Jewish Dave's piecing it together podcast where he goes by David Rosen I think for some reason but <laughs> totally totally undermining his own personal brand um and uh, so those are the first two ju- jewels in the crown of the all points West network but this week we're launching something special something new and something different and today those podcasts is a podcast devoted to raising bilingual children. Um, it is hosted by uh, award-winning journalist, Monica Leal, and a uh, very, very well-known writer, blogger, also an award winner in her own right, uh, Paula Nino Care, who um, are both going to be talking about what it takes to, in this modern climate, in this modern day and age, with all the challenges and media coming at kids, what it takes to um, to raise bilingual kids. And I'm producing the show, all Points West is uh, is is publishing the show, and I'm super psyched, and I want all of you to go download episode zero right now, the intro episode that we did. Uh, it's on Apple. Uh, what is it now, Dave? Right? Apple Podcasts now, right? It's not-
2: Apple Podcasts. Apple yes.
0: Podcasts. Um, it's on Google Play. It's everywhere where podcasts are available. Uh, they're going to have experts on. They're going to have people who are uh, you know, educators and, and and well-known authorities on the subject, as well as people who you know work with you know neuro, neurochemistry and the and the brain and how you know how we process and learn and understand things. So I'm super excited. Full disclosure: one of those girls is my wife, and the other one is <laughs> is my my wife's uh uh longtime best friend. So yeah.
2: I'm excited for the show too. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not my uh, my particular you know area of interest. It's not Dave kids or anything. It's but, not. Yeah, it's not your particular <laughs> but, area of interest. But I think it's a great thing for the All Points West Network. Um, like this kind of show, it's it's awesome, especially with you know our show, <laughs> Bird Road It's just so
0: such ridiculous, really and, weird uh, mixed like, array.
2: Yeah yeah so it's great to uh to round this this network out
0: um (laughs) with these first three shows uh so that is housekeeping item number one housekeeping item number two uh podcast movement it's coming up fast why did we want to mention podcast movement Dave do you want to uh let people know that we're going to be there do we have a booth or anything like that what's what's going on
2: well we don't have a booth but we're going to be there that's for sure um I mean we could talk to them what
0: would we know? do with the booth i guess i don't know question.
2: what we would do with the booth we we would have a set like schedule if we had a booth we wouldn't be able to sleep until like
0: noon that's for sure wait so we wouldn't be in able one to sleep one in
2: two? one large bed
0: <laughs> together you know that that's gonna happen when we it. by the way how bad is your snoring now like what am i what am i in for
2: Oh, you're you're in luck actually because I sleep with a CPAP machine now. So they uh I don't wanna hear a single bit
0: of snoring. Are they gonna let you bring that onto a plane? I don't
2: Oh, actually it's it's considered a, what is it, American Disabilities Act or whatever. I have to be allowed to bring it on. I could I could bring it on along with a big ass suitcase if I have to.
0: Like if you were a terrorist, yeah. would they let you bring it on?
2: I, I assume they would search it, but see, yeah, see, they I'm, would.
0: I'm picking apart all types of logic problems already with with this entire scenario. <laughs> like, if you're a terrorist, first of all, what are you doing flying commercially? Uh, you know, with impunity, it feels like you shouldn't be able to. That should just be number one thing that you're not allowed to do if you're a terrorist.
2: All points west, home of terrorist podcasters.
0: <laughs> Don't say that. Shit.
2: And moms. <laughs>
0: Concerned Latina moms. <laughs> so maybe in the next episode, I will have one of the hosts, uh, the the beautiful Monica or the beautiful Paula, on to um one of the next Bird Roads. Since Bird Road is still, I think, the most listened to show on the network right now, uh, will of course will the crown jewel, uh, we'll have them on to to talk a little bit, and we'll try to clean things up and make it mom appropriate. Um, For for that little cross promotion, cross pollination, Uh, social shakeup show. I've been talking about this for like four or five, six months since they first invited me. It's next week. It's a week from tonight, Monday uh, from 1 PM to 4 PM at, in, uh, in Atlanta, I will be talking about podcasting. I just submitted them my presentation, my deck. It's going to be leading a whole group of PR and communications people through uh, how to podcast? I guess. I mean, uh, I, I definitely can show them how to fuck everything up, like all the things <laughs> wrong. Are
2: you going to call me in the middle of the
0: podcast? <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys want to see something not work? Watch this, <laughs> Dave. Can you, Dave? Can, can you, can you hear me, hey, Dave? Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> and you reboot. That's what you do. Get ready mm-hmm. to re- find your reboot mm-hmm. button. Here, here's how you...
2: Rebooting and other tips by David Cunyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Quignones>. Um <laughs> <laughs> So you can go to social, socialshakeupshow.com uh, and again, thank you for those cool people for inviting me. Uh, just like very professional down the middle type of show. A wildly inappropriate choice for a person to be presenting there. A complete disregard for or a complete lack of Vetting going on, and they they uh, invited me back. I've already is this this. a lead up to the next topic? That's actually a really good point. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to steal the joke away from
2: you, but I wasn't sure if you were planning that. I wasn't. I'm really glad
0: that you did. Uh, (laughs) On the topic of wildly failing to vet a speaker prior to letting them take the stage, I wanted to get your (laughs) feedback. On the absolute fucking queen, uh, Michelle Wolf, and her her eighteen minute eighteen minutes of stand up gold at the uh, White House correspondence <laughs> Dinner over the weekend. The only thing anybody's talking about right now knocked Kanye West's little bitch ass completely off of our run sheet. Um, yeah,
2: like,
0: it feels like a, a, a like light years ago that Kanye West was doing. I don't even remember what he was doing. That was so interesting. Fucking nothing. <laughs> fucking cares. Fuck that guy. Uh what did you think of this um you you're a comedy guy Dave you're more more so than I am you're more of a stand up comedy guy Did you know who this um comedian Michelle Wolf was before uh like what did you think of the of the performance in general
2: I thought she was fantastic and uh I had heard of her but I hadn't really seen any of her stand up um I I think I actually might have seen one one bit like on a 30 minute thing um but yeah I mean that was that was great and uh she just went like right after everybody in the room. And it was just, it was great. And, and just, you know, I don't think that she planned on this, but the hypocrisy level that we've always known is there was just through the fucking roof with the way that Republicans have uh, reacted to this as if it was the worst thing that anybody could have ever done or said. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's hilarious though, because like, I am so loath to ever engage in the both sides do it thing. But in this yeah. one case, Holy shit! The 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 <laughs> yeah. the, the stampede of liberal uh, media outlet uh, defenders of of convention and defenders of norm of norms that came rushing to to tear her down is breathtaking, yeah. dude. Like the amount of like so, New so York so Times, Washington Post, Maggie Haberman, Glenn Thrush types who 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 were just uh, like chime like fabricating shit saying that she was making I, look the one that people are pointing to is her her sarah huckabee sanders um roast where you know she said a lot of things about the the white house press secretary uh but what's being said by a lot of people is that she, that michelle wolf went after her looks and her appearance um right it's not what happened. she did fuck it i don't care that's fine. But right, I don't think she did. I mean, did she go after this no. woman's appearance in any way? I watched the whole fucking thing. Uh,
2: yeah, I watched it today actually uh, before we did the show, <laughs> and yeah, no, she she absolutely did not. It, it's ridiculous, and I, I'm drawing a blank now. I wish I could. I wish I had written it down. But there was someone who she did specifically mention their looks, and it was not Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So I don't know why they're they're singla- signaling that one out. It's so strange.
0: I mean. One thing, too, it's funny because if I were the Republicans and like Rens Priebus and a lot of Sean Spicer and a lot of these guys, these sort of like already saw their little 15 minutes of, of sun in the Trump administration and it's our, the sun has already set on them. They're being very vocally critical. I mean, a lot of conservatives are being very vocally crit- critical of her. I don't see why, man. She went way harder after the liberal media the quote, oh, the yeah. quote unquote mainstream Absolutely. liberal media and like and what she was saying was way more existentially threatening about them like to say to make fun of Donald Trump and say he's broke and like you know that he has money problems and that he has failing business like whatever he's inured to that it doesn't bother him she was right she actually said it herself that kind of shit doesn't really get to him nothing really gets mm-hmm. to him he's pretty tough line and my, and doesn't get to his base either right and Mike Pence and anybody who's who's in the administration like there's nothing that this New York uh Jew comedian is going to say that's going to erode votes or support from them that why are they pissed off what she did do was expose a real like I said before existential hypocrisy about the way that the current incarnation of the mainstream media operates though she she basically ripped jeff zucker's clothes off and in in front of everybody and was like look how how can you be you know i I feel like you you are again i I mean like i don't want to just like repeat her bit but her bit was pretty spot on you you treat this guy like he what is an ex girlfriend of yours like you used to date him or something like that and uh, why are you so obsessed you should be thanking him I, i feel like you actually probably really like him and i think that that was really dead on oh yeah absolutely it was it was great and uh and
2: there's really no there's no uh it doesn't leave any room for any kind of uh comeback or anything either it's just like they kind of have to just eat that and the whole world that's watching it like if they didn't already think it they're thinking it now
0: (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) i i thought i thought it was great i woke up on sunday i mean who the hell watches the white house correspondent center by the way i, I woke up and i, I saw the twitter uh, you know noise about it and um was not expecting to hear something that was that good and was that like spot on i was expecting to hear something a little more like seth meyers like kind of half safe and uh
2: right a fallon type yeah thing. a little more yeah.
0: anodyne maybe like topical but not threatening you know what i mean like I, that's what i that's what i expected and I thought maybe she, like, oh, wow, this semi-unknown comedian who um, who they booked was, you know, maybe a little harsh on one or two people. But what what I heard was an absolute indictment. And um, I don't think it's oversaying, overplaying it to say that. It was an absolute indictment of, put it this way, if you were one of the few people out there who was offended... And appalled by that stand up bit, you're part of the problem. You are absolutely. And I don't mean like you being offended by it as a part of the problem. I mean, you're probably a person who does harm to the democracy every day, who too, like, hurts right. the country actively <laughs> every day. And to, to, to be that concerned about that specific thing and to ignore just the, the pure fact that you have this opulent, absurd, White House correspondence dinner every year where it's just like three or four hours of star fucking and self-flagellation and like like beating off into your own mouth for like half of the night. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's disgusting. It does it's begging to be torn asunder. It's it's been begging for a Michelle Wolf. It, and I don't know. It was funny because somebody somebody described, I guess they played during the night um the Stephen Colbert cartoon and uh mm-hmm. the, the our silly our silly cartoon President Boy and um I don't think that's the name but uh <laughs> <laughs> the they made the point that like wow look at this very again I used the word uh anodyne before and I've seen a few clips of that show and yeah it's like a really like uh <laughs> like you like you just kind of chuckle along with it you're like uh yeah okay. that's what i would expect too, and yeah. it's crazy because think about 10 years or 12 years ago stephen colbert was the one who lobbed the sort of first uh molotov cocktail that that started to bring down the credibility of the george w bush administration and where did he do it they fucked around the administration or the 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 white house uh correspondence dinner in conjunction with the administration fucked around did not do their research on a then unknown mostly unknown colbert brought him in and he lit their asses Mm -hmm. on fire and to hear that that bit that he did in 2006 compared to what she did last night is to realize how different things are because that shit Remember you remember how people talked about that like he had like he had actually bombed congress. Yeah. And and it was, it huge. was huge. And now if you listen to that bit, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty safe stuff. I mean, he was he, he he wasn't being that bad. Like he wasn't being that controversial. No offense no offense to Stephen Colbert cuz we, we love Stephen Colbert. Colbert but but <laughs> it's funny the way that time passes. Yeah. Passes you by a little bit. And like I know he
2: well because things are things are heavier now so much though that's that's probably why I mean
0: it was great I loved it. it it was it was it was a great it was the best comedy I've seen all year I hope they get Nick I hope they get Nick Mullen from Cumtown for next year <laughs> he'd be, oh, it'd be about the only thing better would be Nick Mullen from Cumtown um, I can imagine that <laughs> you've got to listen to his stand-up. I don't know if you've heard it or not he's I uh-uh, no, I've only listened to a few episodes of this show. Absolute psychopath. He's a dead, a dead-eyed psychopath, <laughs> like to his core. <laughs> I love him. He's like the best. He's the best dead up out there, and he doesn't even do stand up anymore. I don't think he just does his fucking podcast in his underwear. Um, <laughs> so that was the 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 news that was. I was going to get into the eviction lab. I'm I'm looking to try to book somebody to talk about this, Dave. Um, you asked me what eviction lab is. It was something that my wife the uh the intrepid researcher pointed out to me and i think that it's a the reason i wanted to talk about it just a little bit and I, th- I think i'd like to try to get somebody um uh, from princeton onto the show <laughs> i want to get somebody from princeton onto the show to uh <laughs> to talk about this is it's a project uh, again done by dicks 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 Come. Next up, I don't know why they Jordan haven't been Dayton on yet from uh, Princeton university <laughs> to talk about eviction lab, George. Uh, no. Um, I do want to try to get somebody on from, from the, you know what? We're media. All you have to do is know how to, sure. all you have to do is know how to speak their language. You send in, uh, you know, a, a, a media request. That's what you put in the subject line, media request, colon, uh, bird road podcast. Or to keep the word podcast out because people get scared of that. So just a bird road show, right? And, um, and you at least get replies. I mean. Sure. Anyway, Eviction Lab. I think this is interesting because it is a study uh, bringing together a lot of different data points around the concept of, around the practice of eviction in the United States. And kind of making rankings and rate, uh, you know, rates per state. Uh, and this is, I think, probably the next, like the next crisis, the next mortgage crisis, the next lending crisis, the next problem that affects Americans on a like a, a basic root level. Not the things where it's like, oh, well, you know, we have credit card debt. This is more like student loan debt. This is like, an, you know, not being able to actually exist in, in the construct of modern day america there is an eviction epidemic happening in this country people are getting kicked out of rental properties in a, a unheard of rate eviction lab again mm-hmm. i don't want to get too deep into it because i'd really like to have somebody on the show to talk about it um but I, I i it's really interesting reading evictionlab.org again it's a project by princeton university i wanted to to bring it up jewish dave knew me back in the day when i was getting evicted every 6 months but it wasn't like because of it was my own fault. That was just a piece of shit. But I mean, like, I don't know how many, how many apartments do you think I went through during the time that I lived in Vegas?
2: Quite a few. I, I, I see them as I'm driving around town. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So eviction. I'm scrolling through the list right now, by the way, to find Las Vegas. Uh, I see North Las Vegas is number 28. Um, sunrise manor. That is basically Las Vegas. Number 35.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. Not, not not surprising. States like states like Nevada, states like Florida have um, laws in in a million different areas, but specifically in terms of homeowner rights and things like that, and people who you know, just the, the the right of the consumer tends to be in the in in the smaller you know marginalized as compared to the right of whatever corporate or ownership entity there is. So it does not surprise me at all. Like when it comes to that employment law, um, you know, all of those, you know, credit, uh, credit law, things like that. All of those things tend to uh, fall in states like Nevada and Florida onto the side of, you know, the evictor, the collector, um, the, 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 the uh, the debt E, um, so give it a read, evictionlab.org. I just wanted to like kind of call it out a little bit and, and get people over there. I think it's a really interesting project. We will try to get somebody from from there over. Dave, we haven't been on for a little while, and this was maybe a couple of weeks old, but did you see the um the <laughs> the MAGA boxer?
2: Yeah, that was funny as shit. American
0: <laughs> boxer Rod Salka lost a six round bout to a Mexican fighter. Uh, named Francisco Vargas uh, on April 12th. Salka, who's known for having been brutally knocked out by Danny Garcia in 2014, entered the ring wearing trunks with an anti-immigrant message. The top of Salka's trunks had America First written on them, and they were patterned like a brick wall. <laughs> so it's hilarious be- because it. Deadspin just has a gif of this, this this dipshit getting his fucking clock cleaned by a Mexican <laughs> boxer. <laughs> It's it's just great. Wanted to bring it up. Check it out. I'm, this is old news by now. I mean, a million podcasts have talked about that, but whatever. Um. So for our A block, Dave, what do we got? Tell me about what we're about to hear right now. So uh, I just recently did
2: a little interview with um, Michael Weiss, who you might remember on the live episode of Bird friend Road of a few
0: months back. Pod friend, friend of our
2: podcast. Yes, absolutely. He is uh, running for Congress here in the uh, 3rd District here in Nevada, and uh, he uh, had a a chili cook-off event, Um, and I figured while we were there, it would be a good time to test out my new pocket recorder, and I uh, got a little interview with him. All right, let's Let's catch up on him, see how he's doing.
0: Let's hear from Michael Weiss.
2: I'm here with Michael Weiss. We're here at your uh, Meatless Mondays Chili Cook-Off event for your campaign. How are you doing, Michael? I, I am doing great. This
3: was—we're uh, starting to wind things down here. This was a very successful event. Um, just, I, I i feel just on a personal level, just so honored and humble that you know there's so many people that are supporting me. Uh, I, you know, I think this is the most love that I have received from you know this many people. Ever and um, yeah, things have been going great with the campaign, and uh, I'm uh,
2: looking forward to what's next. Awesome! And for, for anyone who hasn't heard you on our uh, live episode, yeah. tell them a little bit about your campaign. So, um, I am running to
3: represent Nevada's third congressional district, which is uh, encompasses all uh, most of southern Nevada, uh, going from Summerlin and down to Spring Valley, Henderson. Um, Boulder City, and all the way down to Laughlin. So a lot of ground to cover, and I am running um, on a platform that is heavily inspired uh, by the uh, work and ideas of Bernie Sanders. Um, my, I have three central planks, um, three three central principles that are guiding my uh, campaign, and that is economic justice, social justice, and environmental justice. And we talked. I talked today for the first time uh, about environmental justice uh, today at this event. And um, I am a huge supporter of a single-payer Medicare-for-all health care system, tuition-free public college, um, establishment of a living wage, which I think is fair to say among the progressive candidates, those are the big three, health care, college, and wages. Um, and today... Um, I talked about environmental racism, like what's going on in Flint, Michigan. I talked about the damage that the animal agriculture industry is doing uh, to our environment, which was the inspiration of tonight's event, uh, Meatless Mondays. Um, In an effort to reduce the demand on beef, uh, people are being encouraged, and we encourage people today, to not eat meat just for one week. Um, And the demand in this country for beef is, like, so high that just uh, that change on an individual level in and of itself can make an impact and um, help preserve um, our environment. But as I also said, you know, there's a lot of systemic changes that need to take place, and that is, uh, you know, corporate greed um, effectively, you know, dictating politicians' actions, um, favoring, you know, fossil fuel industry over alternative uh, energy um, I uh, talked about in my speech my support for a, uh, a complete ban on fracking and also um, preserving and protecting uh, the sacred lands uh, in Nevada, which are uh, two that are uh, uh, talked about is uh, Gold Butte and Basin Range, and also protecting sacred lands across uh, this country. We don't want any more uh, Dakota Access Pipeline
2: uh, incidents How do you feel, um, as far as locally is concerned, how do you feel how uh, things have been going in Nevada this year so far?
3: I think the progressives are really, really have a good chance here. Um, I think that in 2016, a lot of the um, truths that we thought were um, uh, permanent about politics, I think, went out the window, especially in terms of the impact of money in politics. Uh, My main opponent has raised, I think, about a million dollars, um, for this race, and uh, I have not raced as much, right. but it doesn't. It it appears that the public, you know, in Nevada and also across this country, are not going to stand for uh, candidates that are trying to buy a seat. I think they are expecting now more effort from candidates to get to know um, the community, get to know, get to know their constituents. And as I had said in my speech, you know, this these days of like um, elected officials being fully accountable to, you know, major donors rather than voters. I think it's coming to an end. Now, obviously 2018 is going to be the big test to see if this is true in that, um, you know, cause, 'cause, uh, we're seeing all across this country and, you know, particularly in Nevada, um, people who've never run before, never had any involvement in politics, you know, throwing their hats into the ring and it's amazing. And, um, June twelfth is coming up, and we're we're gonna we're gonna see what happens. But I am optimistic that you know some real change is coming, and I think you know the, uh, the you know blue wave or progressive you know wave or you know whatever you may want to call
2: it um, is, uh, is 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 uh, is gonna happen. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you sound very uh, optimistic about it, and that's a great thing. And uh, I I assume that means that things have been going really well so far with the campaign. Uh, This event was a great success. What do you have uh, lined up? Well, we're going to have a postcard writing event
3: uh, on the 28th. And uh, if you go to uh, my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Weiss for Nevada, which you can also get to from my website, Weiss for and basically what we're going to do is we're going to write postcards. We're going to, uh, uh, on postcards, we're going to uh, have people write personal notes about why they're supporting me, and then we're going to send them out to constituents in CD3. Great. And um, then uh, after that, on May 4th, um, that's Friday. I'm going to be at Raw Remedies uh, with a couple other candidates and uh, there's going to be lots of fun there. There's going to be uh, poetry, spoken word, music, all that stuff and uh, I'm going to be getting to know uh, some of the younger people, you know, in this uh, in the area, and um, one thing that uh, I think is really going to make a difference this in this midterm is traditionally young people don't show up for anything, but I think there is a, the activism that a lot of young people started to get engaged in in 2016 right. is still you know it's still alive, the voices are still being heard. I think the Parkland shooting, you know, had uh, you know a good, uh, good uh, uh, galvanized you know a lot of the efforts. So. I think we're going to see, you know, a huge uptick in uh, youth participation, um, and uh, hopefully that's going to translate to votes for us. Um, I'm not the youngest candidate anymore in the race, but uh, I am still a millennial.
2: <laughs> there you go, yeah. Well, right on. Uh, I guess with that, um, just tell them one more time where uh, they can get more information about
3: you. Certainly. If you go to my website, uh, weissfornevada.com, that's W-E-I-S-S-F-O-R. N-E-V-A-D-A dot com. You can read my platform. You can uh, sign up to get on our mailing list. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook. Most of the events that we have going now are on my Facebook Facebook page, and that is facebook.com slash Weiss for Nevada. You can also follow me on Twitter at Weiss for Nevada. And, yes, I'm using my Instagram account now, so Weiss for Nevada on Instagram as well. And um, if you have uh, any if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email uh, Weiss for at gmail.com.
2: And you know one last question before yeah. I let you go um I heard that your favorite chili tonight uh, happened to be uh, <laughs> that would be that
3: would be the People's Choice Chili, a fine, con- a very, very fine, fine, fine chili created by David Rosen and Gina Mazzoni. <laughs> I got to give most of the credit to Gina Mazzoni. Oh, okay. But, yeah, I did the chopping though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the People's Choice, the, per- the People's Choice Chili, very, very aptly titled for this event. So.
0: Good. You did a really great job in that interview. I'm proud of you. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that that was was cool. It was fun Uh, and gave me an
0: excuse to use that thing. So our B block, I'm going to marry. I'm going to fuck, marry, and kill. No, I'm going to marry a topic that is still simmering a little bit that we already kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show, at the top of the show, to a recurring thing that we frequently do the do i have to uh, it's mm. almost time for another do i have to and we're going to hand out each other's do's i have to so yeah we're we're talk- we're we're talking shit during this episode about Kanye what did you think of did you have see my thing is this the correct Kanye opinion is n- no opinion is the correct opinion to have about Kanye is to not have an opinion and and mm. like what, what do you think
2: is like one of those like annoying thing, like annoying bugs that you got to ignore. So that way right, you have go to away. starve
0: it. So it just dies. If any, any energy that you feed yeah. it is like, and I'm not even talking about Kanye himself, although I do think he's a deeply, deeply cynical person who does shit like this when he has mm-hmm. things coming out. But even me saying that yeah. and speaking that into the world is quietly like feeding Feeding yeah. the stupidity of the whole "quote unquote" controversy.
2: Yeah, it sucks too because he makes good makes music. music. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's terrible. Like I, I hate it. I hate that he makes good music. But what are you before, gonna do? Before we yeah.
0: couldn't make last week's episode. What I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to do a, um, I wanted to do a bit, and I guess I can talk about it now because it's not going to be relevant ever again. Because uh, I, I, again, we, you, you have to, you have to choke these. You have to deny these things oxygen that they die but um i wanted to do a bit that was sort of like a you know psa like a lighthearted psa where a bunch of like uh multicultural people are finishing each other's sentences and i wanted it to basically just be the message of like all of them saying that they're the hip-hop fans and music fans of the world and that they're not going to allow kanye west to make them not like his music anymore (laughs) to just say basically like you don't get to tell us that you don't get to make us not like you we're just we we don't care about you we're going to continue listening to your music and we're not going to think about a single crazy stupid thing that you say because you're just a musician and we'll just keep listening to your (laughs) music because guess what you're not getting any fucking money from us streaming your music anyway you're not making money off that yeah it's like just follow him on Spotify but not so don't buy shitty and don't so buy shitty set... sneakers from him. You ever wonder why like people like Kanye <laughs> yeah. West when they these days you didn't see fucking um you didn't see uh Slick Rick making sneakers. You didn't see fucking uh Tupac making sneakers. You know why? Because back then they could make money off of rapping. And today right, they have yeah. to like it's... diversify them bonds <laughs> to <laughs> to make any, any, any monies. So, so
2: you're saying, you're saying that along with my new album that's coming out, I need to make some I sneakers. You need to make big puppy
0: sneakers. <laughs> I would love if you changed your style up and you became um uh skinny jean, skinny leg. But like, I mean, you're not, your legs are like ham hocks, but like if you're, If you just started wearing the the jeans that have a very small aperture at the ankle and they're like a little high up, Uh like maybe three quarter way up or no, three quarter of the way down. So they come as high as like maybe four inches above the ankle bone and they're like almost spandex style, but they're just tight around that Mm -hmm. area. Right. Be
2: be careful what you wish for. You got to walk around with me at the podcast movement and pride.
0: i be like, this is my best friend who has a problem with me. This is my best friend in the world, and I'll hold you close. Um, if you started dressing like that, I would completely support it because it would show that you're taking the slightest interest in your appearance. And you haven't in years.
2: Hey, I've I've had to wear uh, pants like three times in the last week. It was so annoying. Ugh, it's um, terrible.
0: So anyway, I bring up Kanye because I actually wanted to bring up Chance the Rapper, and he made some good points because this poor guy is like on the cusp was becoming one of the biggest. He is like one of the biggest thing in the in hip hop right now. Um, everybody is like sure. begging to get him involved. He's that guy who everybody's trying to get him involved in their project, and uh, you know, he's really talented. I think I, I, I think he's You know, I think Kanye is really talented, honestly. But um, I I don't think you can deny that Kanye is really, insanely talented as a musician. But um, they're both sort of intertwined in their careers. And Chance, I I guess, has this feeling where he has to uh, respond whenever Kanye does a thing. Like, he has to, like, what does Chance think about that? You know, so um, what I thought was interesting, because I don't like to get involved in that, like, celebrity back and forth shit. But what I did think was interesting was... Chance the Rapper sort of equivocated a little bit trying to defend Kanye's position on defending Donald Trump. And he clarified himself after he got a lot of criticism, just like Kanye did. But Kanye is kind of immune. Like you can't, you can't criticize away his success. Mm. Chance still hasn't seen the best returns of his career that he's going to get. He still hasn't done the big cash out yet. So he can't just go losing, you know, millions of fans over some dumb shit. So he he clarified his answer a little bit, and when he did, I thought it was really interesting what he said. Where he said, "You have to understand where I'm." I'm paraphrasing. I'm not reading exactly, but he 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 basically wrote a really lengthy uh, apology for what many perceived to be defense of Trump, of Donald Trump. And what he said was, "It's not about Trump. I could never be somebody who defends a person like that. That person's horrible, repugnant. Um, I, I you know I, I give a lot of credit to to Kanye, who's like a big brother to me for you know." for being able to see the good in people like that. I, I don't see it, but uh, you have to understand what it's like to be a black person in Chicago and to have been systematically let down at every turn by the democratic party. And he's right about that because the Democrats sure. Yeah, yeah. They've held every chamber of power in that city for decades now. And he's right. The Democrats don't give a fuck about improving the material existence of black people in Chicago. It's true. I mean, it's not like Republicans do. I mean, Republicans would actively curse on purpose. But he is right where, you know, black people don't have to be Democrats. Same thing about Hispanic people. Like, they don't have to be Democrats. They could be just like me, an independent who in this current moment in time is voting more often for Democrats than for, than for Republicans, because Republicans are absolutely impossible to vote for. But how, how long is a party, (laughs) the opposition party going to continue to like play defense against itself? At some point, they're going to do some sort of reasonable facsimile of representing human beings. And it'll have to be a choice again for people like chance or people who are you know, black growing up in Chicago and seeing failure after failure of democratic administration and leadership. Like it makes sense. I understand that opinion. Yeah. And, um, this goes back to that shit. I don't remember if we were talking about it recently, but when I said that, uh, that the knee jerk reaction to the teacher, the red state teacher strikes, uh, the wildcat strikes that were happening where it's like, Oh, well, these racist white people, uh, They know what they were getting. You know, they vote for Republicans every time they know what they're getting. They know they deserve what they're getting. Yeah, man, but Democrats aren't really doing much for them either. You know, when they do actually elect like in West Virginia, when they do elect (laughs) Democrats, they don't fucking do anything for them. A lot of other podcasts have talked about this by now, but I see some similarities in the whole kerfuffle between Kanye and chance with respect to Donald Trump and shit like that. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it goes
2: I think it goes back to conversations we've had a bunch of times on this podcast, too, about, uh, you know, you know, of course, we're, you know, basically Democrats. But I mean, we're really more progressive because, you know, Democrats just aren't doing the things that, you know, we want to see. Yeah, the
0: problem is when you define yourself as Democrat, what you're doing is you're aligning with a party uh, like you're, you're exactly. aligning more with a party than you are with a, a, a belief system or, yeah. um, you know, values yeah. or whatever. Your values are. Are, the, are, are this White House correspondent shit. Your values are norms and your values are convention and, um, and, and institutions. Yeah. And that's what matters to you. You're like, uh, I don't care uh, what Mike Pence, how many uh, gay people he electrocuted. I don't care how <laughs> many gay people Joy Ann Reed talked shit about in her blog and how over the top homophobic she was. She is a good American, and she says and does all the things. Mike <laughs> Pence is at least respectable. He's a respectable good man, and it's like, really, are you sure? Are you sure that those two are good people? Because sure? I don't think they are. I think that they probably are bad people, and um, <laughs> and that means you know th- those those are the kind of people who are the, not not Joanne Reed and and, uh, and Mike Pence, but the people who support them and who like make the point of saying like, oh, well. Their conventional nature; those two people's conventional nature makes me have affinity for them because at least they're normal. It's like I don't, man. Don't normalize that. You always talk about not normalizing Donald Trump, not normalizing Kanye West, yeah. not normalizing these kind of ridiculous opinions and behavior. But also, don't normalize, you know, voting to send the country to to war. Don't normalize. Uh, I mean, we just got done normalizing gay people. Don't normalize. Homophobia all over again. Fuck, man. I mean, like, it, it, <laughs> but just because they have like the D or the R next to their name, or because they, they they fit into these boxes and they seem presentable and they don't look like big you know bags of garbage when they put on when they like squeeze uh an enormous suit over their big orange heads and it's, it's like the the <laughs> these people their problem with Donald Trump is that he's rude and that he's mean. It has nothing to do with whatever his positions are. Which is hilarious because Kanye didn't say a single fucking thing about one position that Donald Trump has. He didn't say, I agree with him about this. I agree right. with him about that. Took some shots at Obama, not making Chicago better. Um, and just talked about dragon energy, which, I mean, that's fair. I, mean, you, know, you and I have the same dragon energy, too. I feel that. So that is a fair point, the dragon energy thing.
2: Yeah.
0: All of this is prelude to my do I have to. <laughs> for you. Okay. Uh,
2: yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been curious. I've been
0: curious. I want you definitely. And I, again, I I messaged you this but I didn't tell you specifically um exactly what it was that 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 I wanted. I just I I said this much to you. I said I want you to listen to this. I want you to do this with an open mind. And I'm being serious. I'm serious. I want okay. you to 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 listen to the 2016 hit I hesitate to use the word mixtape, but it's called a mixtape. Mixtape coloring oh, book God. by um by Chance the Rapper, which I sort of rediscovered early last week. Um, I had been in love with it a couple years ago, and I don't know why. I guess maybe it was about to... Yeah, it was May... I'm looking it up right now. It was May 13th of 2016 that it came out. And Dave, you know me, okay? Uh, How good must a modern hip-hop gospel album be for me to tell you that I want you to listen to it. How good must it be? It has to be fucking incredible to for me to make you listen to a gospel album. But that's what this is. And it's an incredible yeah. experience. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Chance the Rappers, Coloring Book, Front to Back, Listen to it with an open mind. I know that your your era of appreciating hip hop is come and gone. It's not your thing anymore. But uh-huh. this is a this is a different thing, man. This sounds different. It's 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 exultant. It feels so good to listen to. And there's so few things that can like break through these days. Everything feels like shit. Everything feels like it's like your it's like <laughs> your stand. And, you know, in that one episode where he's like, everything looks and sounds and feels like shit. And, uh, and, yeah, and, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but like, this is something that like can actually break through the toxicity and the irony and the, the, the horribleness of like being online and just existing these days. So chance the rappers coloring book, it's going to make where, you feel better.
2: Where do I listen Spotify. to this? Is it, where do I listen to this mixtape? Is this on Spotify?
0: <laughs> Wherever mixtapes are available.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wherever mixtapes are available,
0: <laughs> and I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that annoying thing that people do, where I'm gonna give you the order to listen to it in. I'm gonna tell you like which tracks, to, not fully. I'm just gonna tell you like which two tracks to listen to first. <laughs> oh
2: god! Well, All right, so what do you uh, got for me? My. Yeah, my. Do I the have way, to? By we're not going to um, go a
0: fucking month anymore. All right, you do this this week. I'm going to do your shit this week. Okay. Next week we'll talk about it.
2: Well, re- remember, I'm also going to be out of town. Remember, for we talk, 10 days again,
0: we uh, talk about
2: it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So my, do I have to? Um. Uh, it's kind of similar, actually, a little bit, but, um. And this goes back a ways to where, I don't remember what episode it was, but we had a conversation where you made fun of the, the act of creating playlists. And so my new album, A Different Kind of Dream, is going to be out on May 18th. Right. Okay? Uh, which is the Friday I get back. I want you to create a playlist with some music that you love – And include now the, the rule for the playlist is there can't be any more than two songs by any one artist. Okay. Okay. And it's got to have an overall, an overall like kind of feel and theme to it. Okay. And so you can use up to two songs uh, from, from me, make one of them at least from my new album. And one of them could be from a different album of mine uh, if need be, Um, or both from the new album. But uh, so you're going to make a playlist. It's got to have a theme and uh, i'm gonna listen to it but uh, i want you to make it though
0: wow. and uh, make it public so that way i can i can subscribe wow, okay to it i might need some Spotify. technical assistance with this what is your thinking behind this like why are you doing <laughs> this what why what, what is your you know i gave you a reason why chance having mm-hmm. you listen to this chance album right now is important or relevant or pertinent or whatever like what is what is the thinking behind this is it just is it a pure money grab? Is it that you're, you're putting out this album, right? No. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. A a little bit, but not really. Uh, no, the, the reason why is because, and I do partially agree with you that this, this new trend of playlists is just like really foreign to me being an old guy. Um, it's very strange to me, but playlists are the only way really, um, for songs to make money nowadays, other than licensing for TV and commercials and film. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really with my new album and with my, I actually have like four releases planned over the next year. And, um, my main strategy going forward is, uh, releasing at a pace and with a strategy that will hopefully get me onto more and more playlists because I already have some music on some pretty prominent playlists and they're like, by like times, you know, a thousand, the amount of plays that I get on those particular songs that have managed to get on playlists. Um, so I, I kind of want you to see, you know, what playlists can be while at the same time, I'm kind of making you make me a playlist, you know, where it's not my own. Um, it's just another playlist that's going to be out there. Um, and, 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 you know, I think it's just something that you should check out too. I think you should see why people are into playlists and, you know, I've been actually making some myself lately just uh, to kind of get into the, um, you know, the feel of it and trying to figure out what it is that people do when they make playlists. Like, you know, if there's like actual themes and reasons behind the way they pick songs and all that kind of stuff, because that does seem to be
0: what's what the uh, trend What's is the right acceptable now. length?
2: Um, that's a good question, because I have seen them like from like as little as like maybe 20 tracks to as many as like hundreds uh, so I, I don't know probably like 20 to 40 tracks would be perfect somewhere in that range
0: I can do it I'll figure it out I'll put it all together yeah Jockey awesome. Eve's awesome. yum yum playlist that's what I'm gonna call it
2: there you go it could be music for music for eating during that's music the yum yum e- <laughs>
0: music playlist. for eating during <laughs> Hey, this is my music reading Dorian, however, including but not limited to songs. <laughs> songs. Uh, all right.
2: By the way, you know you know I you know how I have to turn off the fan whenever I whenever I do we do you these do. podcasts. I do know how you have um, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I, uh, I, I today, I, no, no fucking around. I, I did not want to be in here just sweating my ass off. I brought a
0: iced water bottle in here to just like press against disgusting. me. There but has to be a solution. I, I mean, remember. you're telling me that what do they do in fucking, uh, in like in, in Sony Music Studios? Like, what do they do? There, there can't people. Can't I assu- just sweat. yeah, I assume that they have.
2: Yeah, I assume they have air conditioning going, but then they have. Some better form of sound isolation and
0: and gating. Okay, but if you're sound isolating and if you're gating, you're cutting off the air. Like, where is air permeable? The cold air permeable, but the sound not. Sound operates at a smaller wavelength than the molecules of the air. Like, the sound will get through first. I don't understand. I'm just.
2: I feel like we need to learn the first sponsor we get for this show. Yeah, I think the first sponsor we get for this show should be a sponsor that creates air conditioning that doesn't get picked up. Um, <laughs> and, and I will take that gladly. Uh, I'll take their money. I'll do sponsored posts. I don't give a shit. Love, hate. They want. What do you got for love uh, hate,
0: Dave? Actually, good. you know what? Maybe I'll start first because I see here you have the same thing sure. listed twice. I'll let you yep. I'll let you read them I both do. at the same time. Um, for me, I love democracy, Dave. And tomorrow is a special election here In Miami's district, uh, I'm sorry, Florida's district 114, uh, for the state rep who is going to be running, uh, who is running for that. Um, kind of a clown car of folks right now. And I want to urge everybody out there, if you're listening, vote please for Javier Fernandez. Javier Fernandez for district 114 tomorrow. It's a special election, our shitty. Piece of human garbage, Governor. Uh, when the last Demo- the Democrat, Daisy Baez, who was a corrupt piece of garbage, um, when she vacated the seat, he he being Rick Scott, our governor, had the opportunity to set uh, the election date. He set it as far into the future as possible to prevent uh, you know any Democrat from Miami representing our neighborhood in a uh, you know in the in Tallahassee in the state house. So that day has come. Tomorrow May 1st, Javier Fernandez is running against a collection of of psychopaths and miscreant garbage people and he's I mean, I'll save you all the research. He's the only decent pick. He has, you know, he's a, he's a pretty down the middle democrat. He, he's he's uh he's billing himself progressive because that's that's a good because of the the local politics it's like it's specifically with the landmarks that he's working within it's it's a good position for him to have uh most importantly he's a very outspoken um proponent of regional climate change readiness uh he's he's uh he's a uh, let me see he said we're only one storm away from becoming new orleans which is absolutely true uh miami yeah so yes, it is um he was a chief of staff at one time for uh mayor manny diaz who's just an absolute fucking repugnant piece of human filth but um i mean it's miami politics dude nobody's fucking clean it, nobody, nobody's perfect nobody's pure uh so he is also opposed to charter schools which is hugely important for me uh he he wants stricter mm. gun control which is sort of the standard democrat position these days um so uh you know Javier Fernandez he's got the bird he's got the bird road uh the the bird road podcast what do we call it Dave? bump endorsement, endorsement. the bird road endorsement he's got a, he's got a bird endorsement <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Before we get to my hate. So again, if you're within the sound of my voice, uh, District 114 and um, voting in the state representative uh, representative race tomorrow for District 114 here in Miami, parts of Pinecrest, parts of Coral Gables, South Miami, uh, various other assorted municipalities, vote Javier Fernandez. Fuck those other people. He the best. Um, <laughs> but by, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be today. Actually, it'll be it'll be May first today. So, what's your love and your hate, Dave?
2: Yeah. So uh, this week, my love and my hate are the same thing. Uh, it is the Ash first Evil Dead series finale. Um, I, you know, as all growing up, Ash was like. Ash and evil dead are my like star Wars or Marvel superheroes or Lord of the rings or whatever else it is that, you know, most kids are like their favorite thing growing up. And I mean, I, I was born at like the perfect time to where I was 13 when army of darkness came out, which is like the perfect age for that. And uh, you know, the fact that I lived in an era where I got to wait 20 years for uh for more ash and then they actually finally delivered it and it actually happened and it was pretty damn good you know after three seasons you know it had its ups and downs but overall it uh it it lived up to what i always had hoped for and then the series finale uh it really went out on a great note and um it was a great season uh season finale great series finale if it really is the end of ash which bruce campbell says he's uh never going to play him again um but you know who knows but if it really is it's it's it, i guess it's satisfying um even though of course i would love for there to be even more down the road but you know i guess we'll see what happens um so that's my love but then it's also my hate um partially because it's over you know but more so the reason it's over which i think i've uh railed against this before on the show but it's you know fucking entitled nerds who think everything should be for free and don't want to pay for a goddamn thing because they just think everything is, oh, I'll get it when it's on Netflix because it's the only place where anybody gets anything anymore is Netflix for free, which let's be real. Netflix is what, $9 a month? It's basically for free is what they're saying is they don't want to pay for anything. And I fucking hate nerds and it's their fault that it's canceled. But this this was on
0: stars though, right?
2: Yeah, it was on Stars, which you could get. Let, okay, let's say that you had no desire to get Stars because there's no other shows on the channel that you wanted, right? The Stars app allowed you to pay on a month to month, no contract basis, $9 a month. Now, uh, a 10 episode uh, series or season goes uh, about two and a half months. So you'd have to pay for three months, right? Uh, you're, you're paying like two movie tickets practically. To, to to see it, and then you could just cancel. Stars, stars
0: sucks, That's all they had to do. Stars
2: is terrible, like that. Stars, stars does suck, but stars you know what? Stars allowed they, they, they did bring
0: They canceled. I know they
2: did the Boss, which they was do. great. I know. I headcase, which was yeah, fucking great. Was I loved headcase. That um, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no. Stars definitely has their problems, but you know what? Nerds wanted more Evil Dead. They wanted more Ash. They they got it but they just wouldn't fucking pay for it, even though it was right there for them to pay for it. Cool. So it. I, I hate nerds too, them.
0: Dave. Nerds should fucking die. Um, You want to know what else I hate, Dave? I agree. What do you hate? I hate where I work. <laughs> I <don't,
1: laughs>
0: I Are you going to cut that? that?
1: I don't hate my company. I don't <laughs> hate my
0: coworkers. I don't hate my, my job. My job's awesome. I love it. I, I, I actually... Really even enjoy the building I work in. It's a beautiful, you know, sprawling creative campus in the heart of culturally significant Little Havana. I hate the area that I work in, um, which is the area, Mm -hmm. you know, commonly referred to as Little Havana uh, in a specific portion of it uh, called Flagler Street. Flagler Street is sort of the line of demarcation for addresses in Miami. If it's above Flagler, Flagler Street, it's north. If it's below, it's south. Okay.
2: Flagler Street was also the uh, second choice for the name of our podcast.
0: That is that true. right? It was, except that the, my financing fell through, so <laughs> I ended up moving to Bird Road, which is 40th Street uh, Southwest. 40, <laughs> Southwest 40th Street is Bird Road. Just to position, all of you. Every, uh, you know, I live on Bird Road. And I go to work every day on Flagler Street. Just so we're clear, (laughs) Flagler Street. And
2: and just so we're clear, I get no say in the name of the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're right, because then it would have sucked. (laughs) Luckily, I got there first and planted the flag. Luckily, I started the feed before I (laughs) I started the the RSS feed (laughs) before we had any idea what was happening.
2: Before you had a microphone. First thing I
0: did. $150 down on an RSS feed, boom, hosting, done, (laughs) URL, done. Uh, So today, um, venerable Miami Herald reporter, Linda Robertson, who I talked to during the course of her reporting of this story and um, who uh, who, who I had in an angry moment reached out to when for what seemed like forever, it was probably like the 20th or 22nd or 23rd month in a row. They were ripping up once more the enormous freshly laid down patch of concrete in front of my building um, in, in little Havana on Flackler street. Uh, they being the Florida department of transportation, because it is a state highway. Technically it's one of those roads. That's like a city street, but it's technically a state highway. So it's all done through the, any work on it is done through the state. So Tallahassee, Rick Scott, for the department of transportation goddamn two and a half year fucking disaster area in this neighborhood dave go to the MiamiHerald.com, read the story i can't do it any more justice than linda did it in her great breakdown when she talked to i mean like a dozen different uh business leaders from the area people who luckily my business uh where i work we're pretty fortunate we don't rely on walk-in um, traffic. This is a walk-in foot traffic. We're not retail or anything like that. Um, it's a little embarrassing when you have clients come and the the whole place looks like a fucking war zone. Literally, that's in the headline: war zone. And that and the place looks like that uh, when when you come. And for going on two and a half years now with no end in sight. Um, and uh, that's bad enough. But you know, they talked to uh, a guy named Jazel uh, Morfe, who his family's cafe uh, cafe San Juan has been around for 50 years and it's going to close because of these, this ridiculous obscenely corrupt incompetently executed construction work from the, from Tallahassee. Uh, these contractors are, I mean, this is more than just your typical, like, Oh, when are they going to finish this type stuff? This is big dig level corruption, waste, and uh, you know obscene conditions there's standing water that just sits there for months and it's just a breeding ground for who the fuck knows what kind of you know zika version two <laughs> um like it, 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 i mean just huge it, the, the whole area has become just desolate and barren people have shut, like half of the more than half of the windows are shuttered up uh buildings routinely get damaged or knocked over or, or ruined as a, as sort of victims of the um, victims of the, uh, of, of the uh, fucking construction work that goes on there. Nothing gets done. They, the, all of the various construction crews are on completely different schedules. They ripped up the entire, like three or four mile swath at the same time, instead of working at it in sections. So the entire three or four surrounding miles is, is inaccessible many times of the day and during many periods of time during the last couple of years. And what makes it worst of all is the minute that they finish and the minute that there's like fresh white concrete laid down or fresh black uh you know asphalt laid down in the street a different crew of different contractors come through and tear the whole fucking thing up again. And this shit <laughs> Is its own little economy, Dave. I'm telling you right now that this thing is paying for a whole lot of motherfuckers, uh, a whole lot of contractors to have a second, third, and fourth fucking vacation. It's paying for their kids to go to college and send their kids to go to college. And this shit is so far out of control. It defies belief from a Miami perspective, which is saying something. Like to say that something is corrupt for Miami is a fucking statement, dude. It is a lot to say. So that is my <laughs> hate and very well elucidated by, um, you know, the the uh, the legendary Linda Robertson. I used to work with her on the sports desk at the Miami Herald. And uh, she is, uh, her, her her article today at the Miami Herald, Little Havana's, quote, war zone has lasted two and a half years. Is there an end in sight on miamiherald.com? So check it out. Read about it. My boss is quoted in there. Uh, my business is, is mentioned. Uh, the pictures are just unbelievable. I mean, this is a major thoroughfare for a major American, like the main thoroughfare of a major American city, of one of the like largest cities in the country. And to see what has been happening in Little Havana, and you know what it is, Dave? It's money because this area This area has some businesses, but it's mostly fucking broke. It's mostly very poor people living in very low income housing and doing very low wage jobs in little cafeterias and pawn shops and shit like that. That's what it mostly is. And that's why it has no fucking suction upstate Uh, in Tallahassee. They don't give a shit. If it was Coral Gables or something, it would get done faster. Um, but yeah, read the article. That's my hate, dude. Fucking hate this neighborhood now. And this neighborhood could really, really be cool. It's a beautiful, like intrinsically beautiful, like the structures and the the architecture and and the history of the of the neighbor. It's one. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods. It's it's beautiful, but it's just a fucking disaster. And I don't know if they, they can ever fix it. I mean, it's just like rusted out shit pipes laying everywhere, and it's it's insane, dude. I hate traffic too. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I waited the whole time to say that. You people from you people from Vegas, you think you have traffic. I see people like you on Facebook complaining <laughs> like you need the traffic in this town. It's great. You don't know traffic. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. You came uh-huh. to traffic as a man. I was born <laughs> in it. Shaped by it. Molded by it. I didn't see a green you know, light until I was a man.
2: You know, it's funny. Uh, me and Gina, or me, me and Gina's brother Marco, were watching the Venom trailer, and uh, you know Tom <laughs> Hardy accent as Venom, and, <laughs> the and, worst uh, accent G- I've ever seen. The most daring. i different. <laughs> I'm <laughs> fucking different, hey, well, but
0: you know, uh, I'm a reporter. You know, I do a lot of things. To try to, work. you know, and then I find I am pretty fucking good at it.
2: But you, but you <laughs> suck. <laughs> The thing I was gonna say is funny though is that Gina walked in the room and she goes, "Who is that actor? Like she <laughs> had never seen him before, ever.
0: <laughs> he's great, dude. He does disappear know. in his roles. He completely disappears. But yeah, but she just she literally has not seen a single movie he's in, though. You mean she hasn't seen *Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy*? Nope, didn't. See Are you one. you mean to tell me that Gina has never seen *Rock and Rolla*? <laughs> I don't believe she You're going to sit there with a straight face and tell me that Gina has never seen... I don't know what else he's in. Click, 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 bringing up IMDb. (laughs) That's a good idea. I should have done that. As fast as possible. Instead, I I was clicking around in ringer for some reason. Uh, you're uh, gonna sit there. <laughs> serious as a as possible <laughs> and you're gonna tell me that your girlfriend never saw Sucker Punch.
2: Was he in Sucker he Punch? Was in Sucker Punch. Yeah, he was.
0: That's right, he was. You know who was in Sucker Punch? Uh huh. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. I think it was his first movie. <laughs> it was like his first yeah. movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that in a long time. All right. Well, that's an episode, Dave. Uh, so I, I yeah. don't think we had anything to talk about. Somehow we're still at like hour and a half. My yeah. That was a good one. I want a really thank good our one. guest, Michael Weiss, Dave, maybe you should thank him since he was your guest, technically.
2: Yeah. M- Michael Weiss, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely check in with you one more time before uh, local elections. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a great uh, event and uh, as you guys all heard uh, Gina won the chili cook off so that was pretty sweet what
0: Gina won that shit oh yeah Yo, girl what that it, it was good, yo girl it? what that chili do <laughs> what that chili do hey is she around can you ask her what that chili do, don't uh, do that would don't, require don't,
2: me don't, to don't
0: get do. up yeah like <laughs> um again i want everybody to subscribe to our newest show on the All Points West Network, Entre Dos, a podcast about raising bilingual kids, hosted by uh, Monica and Paula, who are just a joy to listen to. Uh, the same way that Dave and I are longtime best friends who met in college, these are two longtime best friends who met in college. And maybe that's going to be mm-hmm. like the point of our entire existence of, you know, doing this shit. Is,
2: is Monica really mean to Paula the whole show? Yes. It's really
0: upsetting. (laughs) It's
1: really upsetting, too.
0: Because Paula... Kind of the same Paula does not laugh it off. (laughs) She just gets to her. It gets to her. Oh, that's sad. She needs to be more like Jewish, Uh, Dave. Just laugh and cry cry later. (laughs) bite a pillow and finger your asshole. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Our new email address, by the way. uh, Birdroad at allpointswest.net. So... If you want to talk to us, hey man, talk to us there. Birdroad at allpointswest.net. How about this? Let's take a little informal, informal poll. If you're actually listening to the end of this episode, we're debating a move. Um, tell us why we should or should not move to Squarespace. Uh, we're thinking about if you've been paying attention to our websites, our WordPress sites, they're just, just a lot to keep up with. And as we get all these two shows into the fold on All Points West, we're going to um, try to make things a little faster and easier. Dave, what are your what are your thoughts on that?
2: Um, well, you know, after I get done with this trip, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, yeah, we to get the it. You're taking a trip
0: with the fifth, yeah. time we've heard about the trip, Dave. We get it. There's a trip. Okay,
2: I think we, I think it's only the second time I mentioned it, but uh, yeah, after we get done, we're gonna definitely uh, get these websites updated, and uh, I. I think really it'll be a case by case show by show oh, whether oh, or not we do oh, oh, Squarespace oh, oh, oh. or WordPress or even another even another host. It doesn't really matter because uh, you know we'll be able to like just update them and, and that way it'll be a lot cleaner. It'll be a lot uh, simpler um, and like you said, a lot faster. But yeah,
0: my thing is like I'm a content guy. That was like how I how I kind of made my professional whatever standing or whatever my like my career. And what I don't want to be as we're doing this project. Uh, this like side project for the two of us i don't want to just be like a fucking website updater dude i don't want like i don't want yeah and right now there's enough work where we could just work full-time updating these websites with, with forget about even forget about even doing shows we could just be updating websites and fucking optimizing plugins and shit like that for just days at a time and so yeah. you know squarespace it's i mean i'm not gonna say anything negative because they'll probably end up advertising with us one day but it's a simpler <laughs> interface than than wordpress it, it, it works completely different for anybody who has never worked on either of them and it yeah. takes a fraction of the time to do what mostly is the same thing i mean there are a few things yeah. sure it can't do but um that wordpress is much more robust in that way it can do a lot more stuff but we don't really need that i don't know Tell us what do you think bird road at allpointswest.net. Let us know what you think we should do. What's on uh piecing it together this week, Dave? Uh,
2: well, this week is uh, a quiet place. And then after that, the next episode is going to be a super episode uh, for Avengers infinity wars, yeah. where uh, I'm going to actually be talking to a bunch of the people who have been co-hosts on the show. Uh, we'll do like a whole bunch of mini little uh, piecing it together is all mixed together into one big one.
0: Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Once again, if you're in like Atlanta or in the neighboring area, come check me out. Monday, May 7th, I'm going to be at the Social Shake-Up Show in Atlanta. Check out socialshakeupshow.com. Um, I mean, if you feel like dropping like at this point, the early bird is over. If you feel like dropping close to $3,000 or $2,500 to come see me talk, I can't blame you. I would do the same thing if I were you. Um, so there's that. Subscribe to us in uh, Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to judge you if you say it the wrong way. Uh, And Google Play, like us uh, on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. What else, Dave? Those are, those are, right?
2: I think that's all of them. Those are, those are the things. Vote Javier Fernandez about Javier Fernandez <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>